This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and coming up, we'll talk heart health, how you can get ahead of heart disease and even a heart attack with the folks at HeartFit Clinic. But first, some of the consumer news from the past week. A group of more than 30 stores, including London Drugs, Save on Foods, and Lululemon want the government to crack down on crime. The stores have formed the Save Our Streets Coalition, and it held a news conference this week saying immediate action is critical to make sure their staff and customers stay safe. Retailers say the problem of increasingly violent offenders in their stores is right across the province, and federal and provincial governments have to look at the whole problem, not just parts of it like mental health reform or drug decriminalization. Vancouver cops said earlier this month that they have made about 500 arrests since the start of the year in connection with violent and chronic shoplifters. There's more real estate available to buy in the Lower Mainland. That's according to the Greater Vancouver Real Estate Board. They say that's good news because it's bringing some balance to the market. One of the reasons for the crazy real estate market we've been seeing in the past few years is because there are simply not enough properties for sale, and that drives up demand and prices. However, the board says the supply is still about 30% the average for this time of year. The situation is better for apartments and condos with more units for sale, and that means prices could go down a bit. However, the listings for detached homes still really low, meaning we shouldn't hold our breath for those kinds of house prices to dip. So how does Vancouver compare to Toronto when it comes to real estate? In TO, Toronto, home sales were down nearly 6%, though prices were up 3.5%. That's Toronto. Here in Vancouver, sales were up just under 4%, and prices were also up 4.4%. Three men accused of trying to smuggle more than 300 kilograms of cannabis into California in hollowed out logs will not be allowed to appeal their case to the Supreme Court of Canada. Todd Ferguson, Daniel Johnson, and Shane Fraser were arrested after these hollow logs filled with pot were discovered at a log home manufacturing company in California. This was back in 2006. Cannabis laws, obviously a lot different now. But still, the three guys were extradited from Canada to the United States back in 2015. But then the BC Court of Appeal overturned that ruling and ordered a new trial. That prompted U.S. officials to make an unsuccessful appeal to Canada's highest court. But they refused to hear the case. So the second B.C. trial ended with the men again ordered extradited, and this time the B.C. appeal court upheld that decision, pushing Ferguson, Johnson, and Fraser to, ju- to apply to the Supreme Court of Canada, um, which this week refused to hear their arguments. So all of that means that the extradition order stands and they'll have to go to the states and face drug charges there. Ozempic is back in the spotlight after the manufacturer Novo Nordisk said this week that the drug will continue to be in short supply until early 2024. 168,000 people in BC use that drug for diabetes-related stuff. The problem is Ozempic also helps people lose weight 
And that's why it's so popular all of a sudden. Back in August, Health Canada recommended that pharmacists limit refills of the drug to one month only. But there, that could mean good news on the horizon, though, because there's a new drug for type 2 diabetes. It's called Mujaro. It hit the market last week. And Swifties, mark your calendars. Taylor Swift is bringing her Eras tour to Vancouver. The concerts are slated for December 6th, 7th, and 8th, 2024 at BC Place. Fans can register for tickets on the verified fan website today until 5 o'clock and sales start November 9th. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up, it's all about keeping your heart healthy. Diamond Fernandez from the HeartFit Clinic is next. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And uh, according to data from the government of Canada, one in 12 adult Canadians live with a diagnosis of heart disease. That's about 2.6 million of us. And every hour, about 14 of those Canadians die. But the good news is the early diagnosis and treatment of the medical conditions that lead to heart disease can really reduce the risk. And we are learning more and more all the time about what causes heart disease and heart attacks. And with me now is someone at the leading edge of this. He believes it's time to rethink many of the things we've come to believe about our overall heart health. Diamond Fernandez is the founder of the HeartFit Clinic, one of the world's premier cardiac rehabilitation and heart attack and stroke prevention centers. You can find them online, heartfit.ca, providing cardiovascular assessments and heart disease treatments with some of the most cutting edge technology in the world. And uh, it's getting more cutting edge every time. Uh, Diamond Fernandez is with us. Hi, Diamond. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Excellent. Now, you were just at a uh, cardiac conference and mm -hmm. uh, you... I mean, you do these conferences all the time because I guess things are are changing. People like people are making discoveries about about heart health. So, and you're kind of excited about this this latest one that you went to last weekend. I've never seen a conference that had so much AI, artificial intelligence, to that. Wow. To what we do, and and everyone's scared of it. Obviously, there's a lot of skepticism behind it. There's people that are fearful about it. We think that, you know, Terminator is going to come and uh, take <laughs> us down. And, you know, it's a, a lot of things that are, are coming from and everyone has a fear to it. But the idea is, is that artificial intelligence is smarter than us. It's actually smarter than anybody. The problem is, is that it needs that human touch before and it needs that human touch afterwards to make sense of it. And that's always going to be the case. And so when we look at technology now, like we're the only clinic that focuses on doing AI heart scans to be able to see what's going on in terms of cardiovascular disease risk. And we get to be now, Martin, we get to be more accurate than cardiology testing. So there's no need to do radiation. There's no need to do radioactive dyes. There's none of that that's required because we're a lot different than cardiologists and cardiologists like well, are scratching their head and they're thinking, well, what are you talking about? I went to school for so many years. Yes, you're right. You went to so many years of schooling to make sure that patients don't have a heart advanced heart problem. So if you're having a heart attack, if you're having a, you know, a stroke, go to the hospital. That's the best place to be. That's where cardiologists excel. That's where they'll insert or, or bypass a stent or put a stent in to be able to see 
to, it, it, to improve blood flow very quickly. And when we talk about heart disease, it's a lot different than how we think it is. And many people think it's, uh, um, you know, cholesterol accumulating to this pipe and having a last cheeseburger and fries and you end up with a heart attack. And it does not happen that way. And this is where the HeartFit Clinic is cutting edge. And even the literature now is starting to come out and say, what can, how does AI, how does artificial intelligence come into play in healthcare? And I know you're going to ask me that, so I'll get into that. In a <laughs> so how does AI, uh, I mean, I mean, it, it's very futuristic. And I know you've been talking a lot about the AI heart scanner that the HeartFit Clinic has been using. So, so there are real applications and uh, AI, artificial intelligence, and this sort of high-powered computing and uh, figuring uh, is really helping people. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's a game changer for our clinic because we get to be very accurate in terms of understanding where one's risk is of a heart attack or stroke. And so, uh, and and how it was used in this conference, they're they're trying to use it now in hospitals. Like it's it it it's becoming very important stuff to be able to see where one's risk is and what's going on in terms of uh, cardiovascular disease risk. So they're using it now in hospitals as early warning signs for heart disease. So every 30 minutes, let's say, it's categorizing a patient to low, medium, high risk without having to intervene, because now you can see based on algorithms to improve efficiency. And it gets to summarize all patient information. So they're talking about it in a way to improve efficiency of healthcare. Uh, there, there are so many people when we talk about, it. so there was 11,000 people studied when we talk about how uncomfortable AI is 60% of people are uncomfortable to, uh, to have something diagnose them or recognize, recommend them as treatment, but it's important to have a healthcare professional like us categorize it for you, like to put it into, to what does that mean to me? And then 79% do not want AI in their mental health care. Um, we've heard about problems like that. I don't know if you watch the news on AI, but it's challenging. 65% are comfortable using AI to detect a disease and 40% of people make will make fewer mistakes. That's the biggest thing. Right. Did you know the number one place to, ha like the number one cause of death we talk about is cancer and, and, and heart disease, which is our game changer, what we're doing. But when we talk about that one of the biggest places to actually have death is in a hospital. And a lot of it is from, oh, we we kind of messed up on this and stuff like that. So AI will improve efficiency by 40%. Like wow. that's, that's amazing. What, what, what it, so, you know, machine learning to predict outcomes for following diseases and using research, AI research in vascular surgery. And uh, I know the Unity, Unity uh, Health Center in uh, Toronto it's actually one of their strategic pillars using artificial intelligence. So it's a big deal. And we have to now be the leaders in this. And when it comes to cardiology, the heart fit clinic is the leader to be able to understand where risk is of a heart attack or a stroke. And when we talk about the stuff that we're doing in our clinic, our stuff has not been a, a, a it's, it's been regularly validated in real world clinical settings. Our AI heart scanners uh, is FDA approved and undergone many double blind trials in eight countries and three continents since 2002. So there's a lot of literature behind the AI scanner that we do in the HeartFit Clinic. And like I said, 
it allows us to be just as accurate as doing uh, conventional testing with radiation and radioactive dyes. You don't need to do that anymore. And especially now with the ischemia trial that came out, and I'll get into that in a little moment. So the ischemia trial basically shares that surgery for blocked arteries is often unwarranted, that medical therapy is just as good of a treatment option. So leave these arteries alone and stop investigating people's artery health and now use what we do to truly help reverse a disease process. And not everyone needs a stent or bypass and not everyone wants to be taking a statin or a cholesterol lowering pill, which we'll get into a little bit moment here to talk about, you know, cholesterol is not what causes heart disease, but why do statins work and why are we all on board on this? We'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, the AI heart scanner is a big deal and a, a big thing that we talked about this weekend at the Canadian Cardiovascular Congress. Uh, which was in Montreal and vascular to 2023 there. So Interesting. We're talking to Diamond Fernandez. He's the author of a book called Beating Heart Disease and the founder of HeartFit Clinic. And the HeartFit Clinic is on Douglas Road in Burnaby. You can find them at uh, online at heartfit.ca. And uh, you can go in and, uh, you know, have a consultation. And it, you're somebody who works with uh, people's family doctors and their cardiologists just for an overall proactive approach to your heart health, whether it, maybe it's in your family, maybe you're at risk for other different reasons, or you just want to get ahead of your heart health. And uh, as we're hearing, uh, Diamond Fernandez is at the forefront and the HeartFit Clinic is at the forefront of uh, all this new technology. We're hearing about AI. They have the new AI heart scanner. Um, and, uh, there were some other things at this uh, conference that you were very excited to talk about. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, a, it was a good talk that I went to. And, um, you know, it talks about vaccine associated injuries and, and COVID-19 uh, on on the heart because everyone's heard about it. And, and yeah. this is the first time that is brought to the forefront in a conventional setting without, uh, um, you know, without any drama involved with it. Yeah. Just like, hey, what's the data showing us? Like, what's going on? And, and you know, myocarditis after vaccination and pericarditis after vaccination, which are heart inflammation, things that can happen. At the HeartFit Clinic, we can look at those things. That's the, the AI heart scan can detect these things. And this is something that we're good. But it's the, the myo-vac uh, study that came out. And it just talks about um, improving the efficacy of the vaccinations and be able to understand what's going on. I can play a, a quick clip. On, on what that is, what's involved here. So, just sure. here. so this is uh, a joint initiative between the CCS and Public Health Agency Canada. And we're going to be um, creating a study where we follow up the long-term outcomes of people who've had um, potential myocarditis or pericarditis uh, following vaccination. The main objective here is to be able to, to follow patients up and hopefully demonstrate that they have relatively good outcomes um, despite having a, a heart condition um, and this, this is a, a relatively rare condition associated with vaccines so we should be able to improve public confidence in vaccination and also um, hopefully help us have more informed dis discussions and decision making with patients when they come for vaccination so yeah it, it, it was it was quite an interesting talk. And, you know, obviously they do the lab investigations and they do case studies and it can take up to two months to bring this stuff down. 
but you know how confidently can people return to sport or activity after this happens and even after um getting covid like covid can obviously damage the heart as well and so we know that from the spike proteins and so uh, the, these are things that are happening it's real world and we're seeing that in the field of cardiology and um you know if you're if you're getting this this is something that's a big deal you don't want to wait oh i like and and they really talked about one thing that really hit home to me is is that, yeah there's a lower incidence of of myocarditis i think it's about i think two percent three percent something like that the bigger concern is the people that don't go into the hospital or that go to their doctor and say ah it's not a big deal or they go by the time they get to the doctor and cardiologist it's already dissipated so there are some things that uh, uh, a lot of people get underreported on this side of things. And they're thinking, you know, maybe it's one in 10, but there, uh, there is a number needed to harm that can come in from, from getting vaccinated. And that's an important thing to understand. And, and at the HeartFit Clinic, I think that's something like we're getting right into the heart of flu season here. And, uh, you know, COVID's always going to be around. I don't think it's ever going to go away. And so it's important to make sure that your artery health is safe enough or healthy enough to be able to deal with what's going to come up or what could come up. Mm -hmm. And, and it, that's and it, where, that's where we do really well. Yeah. And it's a case where uh, data and research is what's needed. And that's uh, sounds, sounds like uh, that's what uh, you're doing. You're making sure you're on top of all this stuff. Uh, Diamond yep. Fernandez is uh, our guests, the founder of the heart fit clinic. They are uh, on Douglas Road in Burnaby, 1126 Douglas Road in Burnaby. And if you would like to uh, go see them, just go to heartfit.ca and you can set up a consultation and uh, they can work with you. And uh, I think it's a, a great way to get ahead of your heart health. And when we come back, I want to hear more from the Cardiac Conference with Diamond Fernandez, including the difference between uh, the HeartFit Clinic and your cardiologist and how they work together. And uh, also some other tips for you to, to keep your heart healthy. So stick around when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And on Vancouver Consumer this afternoon, we're talking to our friend Diamond Fernandez from the HeartFit Clinic. He's the founder of the HeartFit Clinic. They're at Douglas Road in Burnaby, and you can find them online at heartfit.ca. You can also find a copy of Diamond's book, Beating Heart Disease, uh, on the site, heartfit.ca. And uh, we're talking about people maybe coming in to, to get a proactive kind of uh, uh, jump start on their heart health. And if people come in, um, a lot of people ask me, they say, well, what's the difference between the HeartFit Clinic and your doctor and your cardiologist? So let's talk a little bit about that, the difference between the HeartFit Clinic and your cardiologist. Okay, that's a, a, a big question. But let's start off by talking about how we differ than your family doctor, because I think that's a, a good first step. And, and, you know, I think going to your family doctor is a good first step, making sure that your blood pressure is well controlled, make sure you don't have diabetes, making sure that's controlled if you do. Um, and then also, you know, at least they can check for cholesterol, but the common misconceptions people think, like I said earlier, is that people think that cholesterol accumulates to this pipe and you have a last piece of, um, you know, pizza, fried chicken, whatever, and you end up with a heart attack and it does not happen that way. And 
you know, smart physicians are talking to patients this way, and that's not how it works. So let's talk about how artery disease works so you can understand that part. If you take your thumb and finger, you make that A-OK sign, that's what the inside of the artery looks like. It's all skin. And that skin can get damaged or inflamed. And when it gets hurt, there are hundreds of things that can hurt that. We talked about it. COVID-19 could be that. Uh, vaccination could be that. We, you know, Those are the things that we talked about before the break, but otherwise hundreds of things. But cholesterol is not one of them, right? High blood pressure, diabetes, metabolics, and all those things like overweight, poor exercise, poor nutrition. There's things that can damage that inner lining of the arterial wall. When it gets damaged, then you have these small particles, not the large ones. We talk about golf balls and tennis balls. The golf balls will sliver through the tennis net. Tennis balls won't. And so imagine that lining of the artery wall like a tennis net. So those tennis balls don't go through, but the golf balls do, and they sliver into the lining of the artery wall, just like a sliver would on your hand. And when you get a sliver that you're not able to poke out with tweezers, you know how that goes through, then it goes through a whole infection and another inflammatory response inside the lining of the artery wall, just like a pimple would on our face. And so going to your family doctor, they don't have the tools to see where your risk is of a heart attack or stroke. Now, they've been using for years the Framingham heart score, and there's some other advanced tools, but they're very archaic in terms of looking what's going on. And it's not like that's not what people want nowadays. People want the best. Like people want to be more accurate. That's what the HeartFit Clinic can do. We can get to be more accurate. Now, and and most doctors know, okay, well, this is not my game or this is not the arena that I play in. So I'm going to just send you to cardiologists. And it's not that cardiologists don't love you, but they're looking for a plumbing problem. Think of it like a five-lane highway system. All five lanes are open. You have to have four out of five lanes closed for it to be a plumbing problem. And if you don't have that plumbing problem or if you don't have advanced stages of a disease, you know, a lot of people come and see us because they have palpitations or they have, you know, some structural issues or they have uh, artery disease or the risk of heart disease. It's, it's not like it's not about looking at the artery like a pipe. And that's what the ischemia trial uh, shared with us. And the ischemia trial has been decades of research behind it to show that, hey, we can tolerate ischemia. The problem is, is that cardiologists, and this is the funniest thing at the conference, I could play this back, uh, I taped it, it's probably not a good recording, but anyway, I'll, I'll reverberate on what was said, is that as cardiologists, we are trained to not tolerate ischemia. <laughs> now in 2019, the ischemia trial came out and basically said surgery, stents and bypass should be used really rarely because optimal medical therapy is just as good of a treatment option. And if you are there with a plumbing problem, that's where the heart fit clinic can help you excel because you're not going to want to do a stent or bypass surgery. Those are meant for emergency situations. And if you're emergent, you'll know you'll be in the hospital with chest pain, right? Or, or uh, having a heart attack or what we call uh, unstable artery disease, meaning every time you move, you're feeling this chest pain, that's when you know you need surgery or you need that stent or bypass. Not necessarily anymore. If you go to your GP and then a GP sends you to a cardiologist and the cardiologist does all this testing and comes back and says, we found a plumbing problem. And I've seen this so much now that you can even go and pay privately for these angiograms and you can find the plumbing problem and people are getting stents and bypasses when they don't need to. You're going to do more damage than good. 
And this is where the HeartFit Clinic comes into play to work collaboratively with your doctor to understand that there's another option to help you grow new arteries, improve that artery function, and improve that artery health, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and it's about shrinking the consistency of that pimple inside the lining of the artery wall so it never ruptures. Everyone's had that pimple pop on your face. We are the only clinic, Martin, in all of all in Western Canada that focuses on understanding where your risk is of that plaque rupturing or that pimple popping inside the lining of the artery wall. Right. And and I don't think a lot of people think about arteries as being able to to regrow. Yeah. Well, let's bring it let's bring it to a, an analogy that makes sense. Let's go back to our five-lane highway system and one lane closes up every month. So it's slowly. Let's say it's the highway 1 coming into whatever. And one lane closes up gradually every month. And by the time it gets to four lanes closed and there's only one lane open, what are you doing? You're going to find different routes. You're going to find, hey, you know, this road doesn't work. I'm going to go a different way. That's what your body's doing. And your body has the ability to grow new arteries. At the HeartFit Clinic, that's what we're really good at. And we do that with external counterpulsation, which is a safe, painless, non-invasive treatment. To, it pumps blood back up to the heart in a safe way, time to your heart cycle, where the heart contracts, then the, then the cuffs contract, and it does it time to your cardiac cycle. That's the counterpulsation. And it pushes a mass amount of blood volume back up to the heart to force the growth of new arteries without the risk of having a heart attack or stroke. Mm -hmm. We're talking to Diamond Fernandez, uh, the founder of HeartFit Clinic. They're on Douglas Road in Burnaby. Go to heartfit.ca and you can find out everything you need to know about them. You can also get in touch with them if you want to have a consultation. Um, and we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the 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 technology that's available at the HeartFit Clinic. And one of the things you, you mentioned it earlier, but you were at this cardiac conference this past weekend and uh, they were talking about artificial intelligence. And for now, it's been all summer. I think you got it in the summer, the AI heart scanner. And that scanner can give you information about uh, about your patients. And it, it's a lot less intrusive, isn't it? It, it's a lot less intrusive than other forms of, uh, yeah. of investigations uh, into you your heart. Think about doing a, for example, an MPI, a nuclear stress test, which gets done all the time. And it's a good test to get done, but it's not at the, Hey, I, I wouldn't want to be injected with, you know, 800 to a thousand chest x-rays and then a radioactive dye that goes inside of you that you light up the alarm detectors without even going through the airport detectors. You know, it's, it's something that's important to look at to be able to see where risk is, right? And so most people think it's 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 a plumbing problem and I need to know because I'm at risk of a heart attack. No, not anymore. Yes, you're at risk of artery disease, but how we treat heart disease now is a lot differently than how we think we should be treating it. And that's the key is that we don't want to go opening up and be plumbers now as cardiologists and be plumbers and opening up these arteries. The HeartFit Clinic understands this and it's an integrative, like a functional approach to understanding heart health. Yes, we focus on making sure you exercise safely and effectively and you're doing the best exercise. Make sure we're eating the right nutrition for you. But then sometimes we got to get more aggressive and we do that ECP therapy, which is external counterpulsation to do that growth of new arteries and to, to improve that artery function. Anybody that has artery disease 
should be looking at this treatment option to grow new arteries and improve your heart. Right. And uh, if people go to the HeartFit uh, website, heartfit.ca, um, kind of what's the the process? Um, obviously, you sit down and everybody's different, but uh, what does a consultation look like? It's so first it's about understanding who comes in to see us because it could be anybody who just, Hey, I want to make sure I don't go down the path of my neighbor that had a heart attack or my friend who had a heart attack playing hockey. Cause these are all things that we just saw today. Um, I want to make sure I don't go down the path of my father who just had a heart attack, you know, at 60 something or 50 something, whatever it is, you know, people are here because they want to be proactive about their heart health and get ahead of it. Cause when you get ahead of it, it's a number one preventable disease, Martin. It's mm-hmm. the number one preventable disease. And so if it's the number one preventable disease, wouldn't you want to get ahead of it? And this is what we do really well is we, we do, you know, you're important, right? Everybody's important. You're running a household to running a company to, Hey, I'm, I, a lot of people depend on me at home or at work or wherever it is, you are important. And so if you are important, you know that you're important do this for the people that depend on you, right? Especially at home. And so understand where your risk is so that you can reverse it, right? And that's that's just the being the proactive patient. The second category of people we see are the people that have higher risk factors, right? They might have high blood pressure. They might have diabetes. Or they might be taking a cholesterol-lowering pill. <sighs> I'm not too sure about that because cholesterol is not what causes heart disease. Now, it's important to look at trends and all that part of it, and it might be important, but not everybody, it's not a one-size-fits-all medication, right, to, to lower cholesterol. And then lastly is the patients that already have heart disease. They might have atrial fibrillation. They might have had a heart stent or bypass surgery, or they've been told they have artery disease or a heart attack or heart failure. These are all things that we can get into at the HeartFit Clinic to find out what's going on. So we will re- review your stuff understand what's going on. So the first step is to do that consultation to understand what's going on with you, how we can help you. And then the next step is to do an assessment. And there are options of assessments that we can do with you. It could be as simple as, you know, $500 to do an assessment, or it can be advanced depending on how technical and detail you want to get into or what we have to get into. And then of course, then it gets into the treatments gets into the treatment we'll go to heartfit.ca and and talk to the folks at the heartfit clinic and about how they can uh, help you get ahead of a heart attack they are on douglas road in burnaby and as i say heartfit.ca and diamond fernandez has been our guest he is the founder of the heartfit clinic and uh he's the author of beating heart disease and uh he's got a, a new book that should be out soon uh and uh the death of the stress test And uh, we will talk to you again uh, very soon, Diamond. Thank you very much. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Diamond Fernandez from the HeartFit Clinic, heartfit.ca. And when we come back, kind of a sad day, 53 years ago today at the Vancouver Aquarium. And you may, this may blow your mind to know, but the Vancouver Aquarium used to have narwhals. You know, the whales that look like belugas, but they have a tusk. They look like uh, unicorns. Uh, I've got that story 
uh, when we come back on Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and it's been years since the Vancouver Aquarium decided to end its practice of keeping whales in captivity. And for many people, now, the idea of a beluga or an orca swimming around a big pool is unthinkable. But did you know that the Vancouver Aquarium used to have narwhals? The narwhal, also sometimes referred to as a narwhale, is one of those whales that has a tusk. They're like unicorns. They're amazing. They live in the cold waters off the coast of Canada, Greenland, and Russia. They look a bit like a beluga, but they're a darker color. They live on average of about 50 years in the wild. Not so much in captivity, though. And it was on this day, today, November 4th, 1970, that the Vancouver Aquarium announced that yet another one of its narwhals had died. Dr. Murray Newman was the director of the aquarium at the time and reported that pathologists found bacteria in the blood of the whale, and the thinking was that a scratch or a minor injury led to an infection because the narwhal didn't have any other major injuries. The aquarium actually started with six narwhals in 1970, all of which had been recently captured in the wild. Three of those narwhals died within the first two weeks of being put in the research pool of the aquarium, and with the fourth one being announced November 4th, It just left two narwhals left. This was 1970, and the Vancouver Aquarium was making quite a name for itself. It was the first public aquarium in Canada, and in 1964, became one of the few aquariums in the world to capture and display an orca, first in an improvised pen in the waters off Jericho Beach. And as unpalatable as that seems now. Back then, there were some positives. The research that the aquarium did on the orca whale went a long way in transforming how science looked at the orca. Back then, it was mostly referred to as a killer whale. That tells you something right there, because back then, people thought of the orca as a bloodthirsty killing machine. But when they studied them up close, uh, scientists found that orcas were actually quite docile and very smart and somewhat sadly easy to train. Because of that, orcas and the shows that they would put on for the public would be a big part of the aquarium for 30 years. That was until in 1992 when the Vancouver Park Board held a vote to halt the capture of whales for display purposes. The last orca in Vancouver, Biosa, was given to SeaWorld in 2001. And as of right now, There are 53 orcas living in captivity around the world. 29 were born in captivity. So what about the narwhals, the two that were left in the aquarium? As I mentioned, it was on this day in 1970 that the fourth of six narwhals that had been captured had died. And by the end of December, they'd all be gone. 1970, the last one, the day before Christmas Eve. Ironically, the ill-fated experiment in keeping the narwhal in captivity might have been good for the species. Since they died so quickly, there was a big public outcry, led to a lot of protests, and it was those protests that that increased the awareness uh, of the narwhal, led to a lot more research and fast-tracked new protection regulations 
for the narwhal in 1971. Biologists are now well aware of why they shouldn't be held in captivity. They are extremely sensitive to environmental changes. For example, that tusk that makes the narwhal a narwhal uh, is filled with 10 million nerve endings that help them detect subtle changes in temperature, pressure, and all sorts of things that we're just beginning to understand. Uh, so as of today, if you go to the Vancouver Aquarium, the only narwhal you're going to see is a big model that is hanging from the ceiling of the main building. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up on Vancouver Consumer, you want to buy a former Hells Angels clubhouse? It's a house in East Van. It's about to go up for sale as part of BC's new Proceeds of Crime Law. I've got that story and more when we check the consumer news next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.